Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. Brian, how's it going? It's going really well. Like I said last week, this is my favorite time of year and... I'm going to get to go out to Midland and watch some pretty good games. Yeah, you're going out to the uh, Class 6A Region 1 Boys uh, Regional Tournament uh, setting at Grande Communication Stadium down in Midland to watch Friendship play McKinney Boyd and then hopefully either advance to play El Paso Montwood or Irving High School uh, in the regional championship game. Uh, winning that would mean that they're off to Georgetown. So we're very deep in the soccer playoffs right now. But it's not just the Friendship boys that are performing well, too. Lubbock ISD girl squads are uh, in their respective 5A Region 1 tournament, and they could be on a crash course for each other once again. And I think we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. I'm excited for it because if that were to happen... Then we get to see two of our teams. I think it solidifies that soccer in this area is getting stronger and uh, that they're out here to compete. So moving forward a little bit, you want to start with uh, the boys and transition to the girls? Yeah, we'll start with friendship. You've been spending a lot of time with this program over the past couple of days. What do you know about them? I know that they have one of the best goalies in this area in Braxton Thorne. Um, he signed today, Wednesday, to play uh, at Lubbock Christian. And I think they got a steal I think he could have gone anywhere he might have wanted to, but he decided on Lubbock Christian, and it's a good school. It's a mm-hmm. good soccer program, too, and I think they're going to bring a lot to it. Um, friendship, what can I say about them? They are a different team from last year to this year, and the biggest uh, attribution to that in talking with the team is that it's no longer just an individual effort from everybody across the board. It's turned into them working as a team and using a game plan. And that's something that they always bring up when you talk to them, a game plan. Their coach, Scott Smith, which if you check online tonight, we have a little bit of a profile on him heading uh, into the game. He uh, is really good at putting together a game plan. And as long as they execute, they have enough talent to beat anybody. They believe they can beat anybody. Uh, and they're heading for state. You know, they have a record-setting season, but that's not – why they were kind of here they're here to get to state and uh it's i I think there's a big possibility for them moving forward because the confidence is there and you know that game plan is there talking with coach scott smith he didn't give up too much um about what they're going to do heading into it but they seem to bring something different to the table each week and what they're able to do and a big part of that too is magnus mcsween uh i believe he plays midfield for them but he does still lead the team in uh, goals with 30. And this is something that I'm going to look into later, but he might be the all-time leading scorer for friendship. He graduates this year. He's still weighing some options in terms of where he's going to go to college. But I think having four kids already signed off this friendship team is very telling in that they're talented. And with this coach coming in and giving them kind of the instruction that they need, it's going to come down to the wire because in their last game, it, they were down two points at the half. And here, there they are at the end of it, 4-2 ahead, winning it all and moving on to the first regional cha- tournament. Scott Smith kind of told you point blankly that friendship deserved to be in this position just because of the investment they made a couple of years ago in their facilities. Friendship was kind of the first school around here to get really into the sport of soccer. Uh, can you just tell us about that and, and kind of their history with their, with their fields? They, uh, 
Well, the facility that they put in, I think it was a complete buy-in in terms of uh, the school. The school wanting to buy into a program that they were seeing something starting to increase in popularity around here. And he did touch on the fact that um, you know, the investment that they made shouldn't tell that the team has gotten better. And I think that's true. You know, he kind of talked about it, I think, at the beginning of the year in that uh, you play different soccer on an actual pitch than you would on just, you know, a football field that's drawn out as a pitch. You you run faster and you get to see a true what a su- true soccer player can do on a pitch. And I think playing on something like that has made these kids even better But, yeah, the investment that they've put into this soccer program, I think, was a good idea for them because, obviously, you reap the rewards of that if you look at where the friendship boys are now and where the friendship girls have been in the past. And that takes nothing from Lubbock ISD schools. No, not at all. Because, I mean, Lowry Lowry Field, uh, where they've been playing their postseason games, is is probably my favorite high school venue that I've ever been to. And, and it's, yeah, it's really, incredible to get out there. Yeah, really fortunate to, to call it home. And I saw a good game there uh, last Friday when uh, Coronado defeated Amarillo. And by good game, I mean a good game for Coronado because it was a pretty lopsided, um, unentertaining game. And that was just because Coronado was so good at pinning Amarillo in its back third of the field. Amarillo could not advance the ball. And uh, they fed Heaven Rossette a couple of times for uh, two pretty impressive goals one kind of a uh one timer that crossed and bent around the pitch i mean she she kicked it from about the uh 15 yard line on the numbers of lowry field on the right side and it hits the uh top left corner of the goal i mean it was an incredible shot and then later uh got a great feed from a midfielder Actually, it was a sweeper that, that came up because they had been pressuring them so much that the, the, the back line started creeping up and getting into the mix. <laughs> it fed heaven again and uh, another goal. And what a day that was. And, you know, that, that was huge for Coronado because it's the first time that they've punched their ticket to the regional tournament since the uh, 2008 season. And that was special for um, – Coronado head coach Alistair Caldwell for a couple of reasons. One, his wife was the goalkeeper of the 2008 team that accomplished the feat, so he took some ribbing from her that she was the last one to to get it done. And then two, they had a baby later that night. That's got to be special in a lot of ways for a coach. And, uh, you know, when you get into this business, they don't tell you how often you're going to run into that. (laughs) I've seen it a couple of times in the coaches afterwards. I mean, smile on their face is just as good as a kid you know punching their ticket to anywhere but uh Coronado has been a good team and I think it's been a good team coming because if you look at some of the players that they've had they've had over the last couple years and like I said I think it's been a long time coming um Kaylee Maddox uh she was our Lone Star Varsity newcomer of the year last year and there's going to be a Q&A with her up on uh, Lubbock Online, if anybody wants to go check that out. She talks a little bit about the success that Coronado has had, their opponent, and um, just some more fun questions. And then last but not least, Monterey, um, obviously in that re- in that Region 1 tournament too. And uh, we're going to be joined by Aaron Babcock momentarily to, to talk about his team. But Brian, we I think we've both seen them, and uh, we've certainly seen their numbers this year. I mean, it's not just a senior class doing this. I mean, there there is reason for long-term optimism for the Lady Plainsman program. Yeah, um, at least from what I understand, their back line is pretty much freshman-filled 
or underclassmen field, and then both of their leading scorers are a freshman and a sophomore. That's big. Uh, you take that, you take these girls who are stepping up into the positions that they needed, and then you throw in that senior class that has the experience this deep. I think you have a pretty lethal team in that. As soon as you get the chem, or as soon as they got the chemistry going, I think that's whenever they became lethal. And without further ado, Coach Aaron Babcock. And now joining us on the Lone Star Varsity Podcast Hotline, it's Monterey Girls Coach Aaron Babcock. And uh, Aaron, this is this is uncharted territory uh, for for a lot of the local teams, you know, here in the uh, regional tournament setting. Just tell me about the emotions you're experiencing. It's Wednesday right now, gearing up for a Friday game uh, against uh, Wichita Falls Rider. Uh, emotions in the locker room are, are they're good. Uh, the girls are excited. Uh, the coaching staff were excited. Um, they're looking forward to prove that they're not uh, they're not you know just a fluke from last year and what was left over from last year's squad that you know had that uh, amazing season they had last year. It's something that they've been fighting for for the past uh, few months, um, and they're like I said, they're just ready to to get to Wichita Falls and get the game going. Understood, Coach. What's kind of the scouting report on y'all's upcoming opponent? Um, is there any big players, you know, that you guys need to look out for? Yeah, they got a couple of forwards that have scored a lot of goals for them. Uh, I've been told that they're they're pretty fast, and then one of the goals has a, a, a long-range shot that she's back here with. So that's something we've been practicing on this week on uh, how to keep them in front of us and how to it kind of limit their opportunities in front of our goal. Are there any concerns? Obviously, Memorial Stadium is a, is a place that Wichita Falls Rider has a – a lot of experience in since it's in Wichita Falls. Is is there any concern that they're just going to be more comfortable on this field? Uh, not really. Uh, we are incredibly good on the road. Um, taking away the uh, Midland High uh, playoff warm up game, uh, we're to take that out of the equation. We're seven and zero on the road. We uh, we like playing in other people's stadiums. It gives us a, I guess, a, a bigger desire to go out and play well. When you look at the roster, you do have quite a few girls that came over from last year that made that deep run, but there's also been some freshmen that stepped up for you and Aisha Walker and I believe, uh, oh no, rather, um, McQueen and Walker, a freshman and a sophomore, kind of stepped up and being y'all's leading goal scorers. Can you talk about just what they brought to the team and helping, you know, get that chemistry going early? Uh, yeah, our uh, underclassmen have... Uh overperformed this year if you want to look at it that way um most squads don't you don't have freshmen that come in and lead the team uh in, in stats like you know goals and things like that and with uh, mcqueen being a sophomore she played varsity last year but didn't really see a lot of minutes and uh, she was really hot at the beginning of the year with goal scoring and then kind of had a middle of the season kind of had a letdown but she's starting to fire back up she scored a few goals in our last couple of games uh, in fact she had the game winner against uh, el paso high in the um, area round it, it's been nice as a coach to not have to rely on the senior class uh, it, it's good to have the seniors on the team that have the experience and you know they've been there before they know, know what it takes but as a coach it's nice to not you know have to rely solely on a group of seniors i can rely on everyone from freshman up and it makes it makes my job uh, not easier i guess but it makes my job a little more uh, manageable because i don't have to look at you know four or five players and say hey i need y'all to carry us i can look at all 11 on the field and say hey we got to get this done and that's a, a luxury i've had this year at monterey Something we're kind of excited about in the office is the prospect of an all-Lubbock uh, regional championship game because, of course, Coronado is in the regional semifinals, too. They're going to play Grapevine at, at 10 a.m. just ahead of your noon game on Friday. 
Have you thought about that, that, that maybe it could be another District 4 or 5A championship for the right to advance to Georgetown? Uh, that's something that I think would be just amazing because it would make our district out in West Texas, uh, we, we have one of the larger districts out in West Texas, that's in Amarillo, but it's one of those, you know, it, looking at all the schools that are in Region 1, and if we could have two Lubbock schools playing in the final, I think that would be just fantastic. Uh, in fact, the Coronado coach and I kind of joked that if we both win, we're just going to come back and play at Lowry. I don't know if they'll let us do that or not. but. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then if, if, if it's not Coronado and, and if you're fortunate enough to advance, what do you know about that grapevine team that Coronado is going to face off with? Uh, we played them at the beginning of the year in uh, the National Elite Prep uh, Showcase Tournament. It was our uh, first game together. We had some scrimmages. But it was our first real game that counts together, and we played them really well. Uh, we lost 2-0. We gave up a couple of um, goals that we probably shouldn't have, but it was uh, it was a good showing for us, and it kind of let the girls know, hey, if we can compete with Grapevine, we can compete with anybody. Because Grapevine's been a powerhouse for you know a few years now, and uh, it. I don't have a full scouting report on him, but uh, I'm pretty sure that if, if we get to if Coronado loses and, and we win and we get to play great, one, my girls will be ready because they're they really want uh, to take on whoever we have to play to get to state. They they really want that, and Grapevine's a school that uh, uh, we we really want to try um, to prove that we're not just gonna. You know, be a Lubbock squad that does okay in Lubbock. We want to be able to beat a Dallas school at Grapevine. And then, obviously, this time of year is special, you know, kind of reflective of tournament time uh, at the beginning of the year. You know, you get to go on the road and, and see new places and stay overnight. Um, can you tell me about just the logistics of getting to Wichita Falls and, and doing this, kind of your itinerary uh, for how you're going to handle this trip? Uh, this trip's going to be uh, a little easier than uh, the tournament trip because you know we're only playing one game a day. But now uh, we're going to leave um, tomorrow, stay the night in a hotel. That way we don't have to wake up early in the morning and drive to Wichita Falls. We'll wake up and we'll have a team breakfast. We'll uh, we'll go out to the field a little early and watch a little of the Coronado game, and then uh, get down on the field and get ready to go. Um, it's something that it's it's nice having those tournaments at the beginning of the year because in the hotel trip and the overnight trip's not new to the team. It's a uh, something we've done before. In fact, we went to two out-of-town tournaments this year, so it won't be our first time getting on a bus and staying in a hotel. This has been Monterey Girls coach Aaron Babcock. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you. Yeah, good stuff from Coach Babcock. Uh, really excited to see how the uh, 5A Region 1 tournament shakes out. Would not be surprised at all to see at least one of the two teams advance to uh, the uh, regional championship round and, and what excitement it would be if both did, because I believe that would be the first time that a Lubbock team had advanced to the Georgetown setting for the uh, state's Final Four. You know what we haven't done in a while? Pick them. You want to pick them? <laughs> or we'll, still cl we'll steer clear of that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I guess we can. I mean, you want to? Maybe we'll steer clear of it from now. Or for now. We'll do it somewhere down the line. But this, I, I think all these games are a little too close to... to you know, just pick one and go out right with it because, like you said, they're going to be three good games. Um, I really see one of our teams, if not all three of them, making it to that regional final. Funny story, today's Wednesday and the Lady Raiders basketball program hired Marlene Stallings and you could see kind of the relief in athletic director uh, Kirby Hokut's face. I mean, it's it's been a long process. I mean, the yeah. termination of Candy Whitaker on, on January 1st, knowing that that coaching hire 
was coming up and that it was going to be a big one because the the program's kind of in it's, it's kind of on the ledge you know it's it's got great history but it's also been underperforming for a long time and, and this next head coach is going to be pivotal and probably more so than other schools uh women's basketball and its success really matters here just because of of the standard that marcia sharp left and uh you know we got to talking to him just a little bit after the the pomp and circumstance around stallings he's ready to get down to midland and, and watch his son drew hocut play in that friendship game <laughs> unfortunately drew can't play on friday because he's picked up two yellow cards in the past couple of games uh, but Kirby Hocutt will be in the house if uh, friendship gets past McKinney Boyd to the uh, Saturday game against either El Paso Montwood or Irving. Hey, I'm looking to staying overnight and joining them there in the press box, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's about it for this week. Uh, we want to remind you that the Lone Star uh, Varsity Banquet Award Ceremony will be coming up on, on May 30th. And we've been getting a lot of questions about that. Uh, it's something we're very excited about. Uh, keynote speaker will be Danny Amendola. And let's just kind of explain to the people what we're trying to accomplish, who is getting okay. invited to this thing. So anybody who's been named an athlete of the week or you know one of our superlatives or to our super team, we're gonna honor them and what they've accomplished this year at a banquet at the end of the year here in Lubbock. And, uh, you know, we're just going to kind of call them up to stage, you know, our superlatives and present them with some awards. And, of course, I think it's going to be a fun event to get out. You're going to see a lot of players from throughout the Lone Star Varsity coverage area uh, sit down, have a nice meal, and meet Danny Amendola. There's still plenty of tickets to this thing wide open to uh, for purchase. And uh, I really think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I mean, you're going to have to hear me go up there and talk a little bit, I think. But. Yeah, we're going to be bumbling around. But, <laughs> but uh, Danny Amendola should make up for it. I'm excited to get a new Facebook profile picture because uh, mine's pretty old. I think, every, <laughs> I think everybody in the AJ is going to go home with a new <laughs> profile picture. <laughs> uh, but once again, it's May 30th, Lubbock Civic Center, and we're inviting virtually everyone that made a super team or that won an Athlete of the Week award or was involved with the Lone Star Varsity Q&A. So, a lot of good athletes, and, and what I'm most excited about isn't actually Amendola, but seeing some of the kids around here that, that read about other athletes actually be able to put a, uh, a name to the face. And uh, interact with them, too. Exactly, yeah, form, form some friendships. So we're really looking forward to it. Uh, for the athletes, getting in is free, and their tables are taken care of. Uh, for individuals... There are general admission tickets. They're $50, but that does include a really good meal. So yeah. the link to purchase tickets comes out routinely in the Avalanche Journal. So just uh, check the paper, and we'll start putting that out on the Lone Star Varsity Facebook page as well. Yeah, we'll definitely push it, and uh, we'll continue inviting these athletes who obviously deserve to be out there. Uh, another fun thing, I think... Uh, that we can talk about is that not only is there going to be a basketball, football, volleyball player of the year, but we're going to have an overall player of the year. Yeah, that's that's somebody who's kind of excelled across the board. And I don't think that the Avalanche Journal has ever done that before. I think it's always ended with sports. Um, so we have the impossible task of finding a male and female athlete of the year across all sports and I, go, I go to sleep trying to think of who it's going to be and it's so difficult <laughs> yeah yeah you, i mean we're what 49 days out from this thing now and still working on it and obviously there's still a lot that athletes can do because 
We've got baseball and softball still alive, soccer, obviously, and they're going to be a lot of really good players. I mean, just forming the super team for soccer is going to be a nightmare. Um, so, but, but that's something that's definitely in the back of our mind. And even if someone doesn't win male or female athlete of the year, I think it's going to be really good just to be in that room, be one of the top 400 athletes in the area that we're considered. I think speaks volumes definitely um we're excited for it you know uh I think it's going to be a great event a great inaugural event for us so if this goes well it's only going to get bigger from here and we're going to get more and more kids out and I think that does well for them um not only you know recognition wise but collegiately it's just another way to get your name out there absolutely and with that I think we'll call it a week on the Lone Star Varsity podcast we really appreciate you guys listening in And we'll talk to you again next week.